So I see you're drinking a, there's like a delicious martini there. Am I, am I reading that correctly? You're right. That's a martini. Boy, there's like three big fat olives in there. Yeah. Sometimes you might want to just garnish it with two olives, but what I would say is do a third olive. Cause then when, uh, it's time to finish your martini and eat your olives, you have more olives. So what you're saying is you could either have more olives or not have more olives. So why wouldn't you have more olives? Why wouldn't you have more olives? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's time yet again for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. And on the other line, I I, I feel like I go to cherished guest too often, honored guest... Uh, the, the, the hero returns to his one true home. Maybe that's what it is. On the other line, it's Michael Huber. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Johnny. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Doing great. Uh, fuck it. Eat anything good lately. Yes. On Friday. So we're, uh, sitting here on Tuesday. On Friday. We don't like to say when the podcast is being recorded. You do or you don't? We don't. It's a secret. Well, we're just sitting here on Tuesday. I don't know what podcast you're referring to. Okay. And you can just skip to the next segment if you're not going to try to do a good job. <laughs> just cut cut me off at any point. I if, did cut you off, but I'm not going to cut that out. We're going to leave all this in. So please try to refrain from saying that it is Tuesday, October 24th at 8.32 yeah. Central Time. So you asked me anything good lately. Thank you and for resetting the here, podcast. Yeah, I mean, as I sit here on Tuesday night, thinking back. All the um, events of 2023 that you've enjoyed yeah. so much. Yeah, I think what I would what I would um, name is something that happened four days ago. Exactly four days ago. Maybe <laughs> even like Friday. to the hour, depending on what time you were there. Uh, we were We were leaving about this time. We were leaving the restaurant about this time four days ago. We sat down. So maybe you were eating this 97 hours ago. Thereabouts. Um, and had reservations 730. It's 930 now. 930 on Tuesday night. Um, and the food was really good. It was a, It's a place that we've known about for a long time in town. Uh, it's called Foraged. And it's no, it, it's calls itself a hyper seasonal eatery Fun. or something like that. And um, all the food that they serve is sourced from Maryland. And um, there are no, there are no workarounds. There are no exceptions. Uh, a, a lot of it is literally foraged from, from the woods and stuff. And then they own a farm where they source a lot of their, uh, a lot of the food from and it was something that I would walk by and not really give a lot of thought to ever trying. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it recently won or was a nominee for like one of the James Beard awards. I think they've got like some regional things. And um, so we tried it and it was, it was excellent. Like we got, we got a, a five course tasting menu um, because every, well, you tell me 
everything about what I have dis- the way I've described this restaurant. Uh, what did it? Does it? And it's okay if it doesn't. But does does it suggest anything to you about like the size of the portions? Like, do you have any assumptions? Okay, so now based on your question, I assume I'm wrong. But based on what you said, my assumption is the first course is like some walnuts we found in the woods. And the second course is some mushrooms you found in the woods. And then there's like a salad that I guess is some grass and dandelions. And then like here's just a steak from a farm in Maryland. And here's some crabs from a farm in Maryland. So three of them are just like no food whatsoever. And then at the end, they just give you a regular meal, but it all came from Maryland. I'm betting you're going to go a different way, though. No, no, you're I'm exactly right. It's three walnuts. And because of that, like, I just... when we saw that one of the options was like a five course tasting menu, you were like, Oh, we got to do that. Or I said, we, we got to do that. Cause you know, we order a couple things a la carte and they're going to be like tiny. You're going to get like yeah. three mushrooms on a plate or something like that. Um, and I don't know. I don't think I've ever been as full as I was at the end of that meal. Um, and Margaret said the same thing, but it was, it was, it was good. It was, um, the highlight for sure, and the thing that I'm like bringing to the pod, is a mushroom soup. Oh boy! And it was it was there were four or maybe even five different kinds of mushrooms, um, all like collected, foraged from like from the woods in Maryland. Um, and I I I know there was a chicken chicken of the woods, a hen of the woods. I think maybe oyster mushrooms. I can't remember all the kinds. Um, and it was like. The that for that type of restaurant, it was like the I it was like what you want to be eating. Um, it just it ta- you know it, it it tasted really good, uh, very flavorful. But like you do, oh yeah, like some people walked around the woods and pulled these things off the ground and then cooked them for me. Like that was so that was and there and then they had some kind of regular food. There, one of the courses was scallops. They had, they served a catfish, uh, like a, uh, sweet potato or butter. I know it was a butternut squash. Um, so kind of like what you'd think for a restaurant mm-hmm. like that in early fall. But the, yeah, the mushroom soup was just, just outstanding. It sounds really good. I, I love mushrooms. I love mushroom soup. I, 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 I hesitate. I'm not the most confident. I haven't talked about this on the podcast before, but we're going to go for it. Um, I would estimate a couple years ago, a little over a couple years ago. I think it was towards the end of when I lived in Minneapolis. I read a recipe online for a really fancy mushroom soup, like, like what you're describing, using like five different kinds of mushrooms. And so uh-huh. I went to like the fanciest grocery store around and I, I got all these crazy different kinds of mushrooms and they're really expensive. And it's basically just you put them in there and let them cook and let them mingle and do all this stuff. And let me tell you, it was a B minus and it must have fucking cost me $75 for all those fucking mushrooms. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, I'm never doing this again. And I have not done it since. But what, I, I like understand that I just didn't have the right mushrooms. I don't have the cooking talent, so I didn't make the right thing. But boy, oh boy, I could have gone to this fucking restaurant, maybe, 
But one, just, just, Gina's got to sit and watch and drink water. But I could have eaten all these things for what I spent on this goddamn soup. You got to go the right time of year. It's hyper seasonal. I didn't do anything right. Nothing I did. <laughs> what did I ever do that was right? Nothing. <laughs> the, um, the one downside was all the, all the alcohol was also sourced from Maryland. So you go out to dinner. I like, you like to get a glass of wine and you know, was, that Maryland all the wines wine? are from Maryland yeah. and, um, they just weren't like, they weren't good. Yeah. I was, and I was really like, I was anticipating that. Um, so then the waitress came to take our menu and I had really hoped I would have thought of a better way to ask the question, but Slipper I did Slipper of 20, like you got any good wine? No, Italy, I just said, uh, California. so I noticed that they're all from Maryland. Are any of them good? Uh-oh. <laughs> and she brought one out and it wasn't. Yeah. Um. But other than that, this is great. And it was a fun night. I'm not going to counter all of your stories with experiences I had when I lived in Minnesota that remind me of the stories you're telling me. But one year at the Minnesota State Fair, Gina and I went into the wine area. Oh, and no. they had wine tasting flights, all Minnesota wines. And you get this like cardboard cutout of the state of Minnesota. And it had four little holes in it, circles cut out in it. And so then you would hold your... Uh, your four cups of Minnesota wine. It was so cute. I took a picture and I was like, damn, this thing is so cute. Too bad all this wine tastes like shit. <laughs> oh, for four, zero good wines provided in that Minnesota wine tasting flight or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I got like people talk, maybe Bill, maybe Bill can let us know. Like, I guess pe- pe- people say that New York wine genuinely is good. But I mean, my assumption is basically like, there are four or five places in the whole world that I I will drink wine from. One and finger not... likes best wine ever. Crispest whitest whites. This is what I'm. This is what we're told on the chat. Two Cali. Three. France for Italy, and then I guess Chile or Argentina. That's the whole list, right? Basically, yeah. Finger likes number one though. Yes. Shout out to Bill. Well, uh, I think it's only fair. You're telling me about all this good stuff you've gotten to consume lately. Why shouldn't Johnny get a little taste, too? Hang on one second while I reach over here. What's this? Have you heard of Fanta Zero Sugar, but it's black and weird and has a question mark as far as what flavor it is? Not until this very moment. Yeah. I did a good job. I was holding it up to the camera, so I couldn't see. But this is Fanta Zero Sugar, hashtag What's the Fanta. And it says it is zero-calorie mystery-flavored soda, naturally flavored. Now, I am a little concerned. I didn't notice it until now. There is a, a picture of a spider right there, and this is black. If this is spider-flavored Fanta, I'm going to be mad as hell. <laughs> Can I uh, interrupt? Yes. What was that? Can you read that, me the hashtag again? Hashtag. What the Fanta? Is that what they were saying in that in that song? No way. They were saying, "Don't you wanna?" That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. I okay. think they're. Just, I think they like the WTF play, and they're, okay. just, they're like, "Oh, well, I don't know what it is." Now, obviously, this is one of those things where I'm certain I'm supposed to guess what the flavor is. Now, it also says "Dare to Scan," and there's a QR code. I don't know if scanning QR codes is the number one best content for the podcast. So. Sounds we might not creepy. do that part. Uh, 
you you watched. I do not have this near my face. Instant giant like grape scent cascading out of the bottle into my face. Not a very interesting a, answer if that's what it is. There Dark, was a physical reaction. Oh, it, I, I, I like grape fantas. That, that would be good to me, but like, I don't think a regular Fanta hits hits you that hard when you open it. So, do you have any guesses outside of? I already think it's just. It can't just be grape. It's got to be something, right? What if it's black licorice? Ooh. No, it could be. If it's black licorice, this could be the best mixer of all time. <laughs> uh, no more need to buy weird 13 different weird expensive bottles of liqueurs that all happen to taste like black licorice. Just buy Fanta Zero Sugar and dump it into all your fanciest cocktails. Uh, that said, I oh no. I don't no need to get ahead of myself. I'm going to taste this now. Uh, there's a there's a bat on the thing too. What if it tastes like bats and spiders? Ugh. that'd be like a potion. Is it cold? Yes, I I, I, okay. I had it cold in the fridge, and then you couldn't see it, but I actually put it in a cooler with some ice so that it would remain cold. I don't want any criticism. I don't want anybody telling me, oh, it wasn't a fair taste. It's a fair taste. What are you going to be disappointed if it's Let's see. Okay, he's tasting it. It kind of just tastes like grape Kool-Aid. Oh. It's it's nothing fun. It's nothing interesting. I mean, the label is so Halloween-focused. And it's, it's all black and scary. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'll be honest. I brought a cup and a shot glass. And a bottle of vodka and a bottle of rum. And I thought maybe I would say that the real fun was going to be that I would attach this to and make it a drink. I don't think I need to do that. Just going to go for it? It sucks. So, I mean, yeah, it's, just, I would... it's very sweet. It's kind of grapey. It's kind of... It doesn't taste like blackberry. I don't... Here's what it's worse than. Orange Fanta, Red Fanta, Grape Fanta, Pineapple Fanta, every kind of Fanta I can drink, think of and drink of. Um, I, what are you doing to me? What the Fanta? What the Fanta indeed? <laughs> okay. Well, dud segment will not be cut because I had to pay $1.99 to buy that. So you do remember what that costs? I actually look, I excessively look at price tags and I'm always worried about them. In fact, I will be, I say that now, when I finish the beer I am drinking, I am going to drink the rest of that with some, (laughs) I guess, vodka. Boy, two bad options there. Um, But I am absolutely not letting that go to waste. You got to go rum, I think, on that. Half rum, half vodka. Like all the best cocktails. Yep. Okay, um, we're going to get... I know you're excited about it. We are going to do the favorite outfit segment soon. But before we get to that, there's a, a more important thing we have to discuss. Michael, I understand you're betting big on cords. This is correct. Yeah. Speak on that. I, uh, I listened to previous episodes of this podcast. I know what you're referring to. Um, you mean I'm referring to things you say? <laughs> to my wife. Um, listen, I, I, 
I felt fall coming. You, you looked at the calendar. All you got to do, you know it's coming. I look at the calendar. You know what I see? October 24th, 2023. And I look at the time right above it, 8.46 p.m. That's right. Uh, Central. Yeah. Central, excuse me. Yeah, 9.46 Eastern. And we're saw a little context. You know, I, I've been – I'm at my – this new job, still somewhat new job. Um, I don't have to wear a suit all the time anymore. Uh, like I was wearing, I was wearing a suit. I think we probably talked about it on this podcast every day, every like, um, without exception, every day. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, and that don't I don't have to do that anymore. Uh, nobody wear, nobody dresses like that in my office. Um, or really anywhere like at Hopkins, unless there's like some some special occasion. So I've I've got to, you know, plus up my biz cash wardrobe. Plus up my biz cash is how you talk now. You come on the show and talk, say things like that. Yeah, I work in the nonprofit sector now. Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, so first of all, corduroys are a great like a way to do business casual because. Then you're just like in the pants that you're gonna wear all day, right? You don't have to like have some dress pants on or like some, you know, like khakis or whatever, and then come home and be like, well, now I'm like home. I gotta change to my jeans or or something. You're in your corduroys. All you gotta do is like take off your collared shirt, and you're 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 done. You're like, just, just, tell like me about this. How you just tell me about how you distinguish between dress pants and corduroys. You, you you were asserting so directly that corduroys are not dress pants. Is are they substantially more comfortable than what you would consider dress pants? No, but like I'm not gonna like want to like walk around the neighborhood or like do yard work or something in like a pair of khakis. You know, mm-hmm. to me those are like wear those to work. Okay. Um, they're not more comfortable. Khakis are comfortable. That that was pretty much what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, To me, in my head, this is not a huge net gain. But to you, you're like, oh my god, if I'm wearing these cords, I'm living my best life, as opposed to dress pants. It's a little. It's just like a little less stuffy, you know. Um. And uh, and let's face it, perfect fall attire. And I, I agree completely that cords are deeply associated with fall. Do you have any idea why? I have no idea why. Uh, no. I always heard they were warmer. I don't know if that's like the, the ribbing. Or Let something. me tell you, they're warmer for me because if I have cords, I will start a fire. <laughs> uh, I don't wear any cords. That's why, perhaps why I'm so curious about all of this. Um, I, I can see the warmer thing, like the thickness, the variable thing that catches all the heat molecules and brings them in, right? Heat molecules is how heat works. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and vertical lines is how you keep heat in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're like warmer maybe? I don't really know. You just, you just you feel good and you're wear wearing them all these winter too. I'm I'm going to wear them right through the winter and then I'm going to wear them in the spring. How about this? I don't, you don't got to tell me how many pairs or anything, but how Three. many, how many different colors do you have? And what are the colors? Three. I got like a khaki tan type mm-hmm. color, navy blue, dark green. 
Okay. That dark green is where I'm excited because I feel like part of the appeal of chords is it's a lot more doable to get some weird colors in there. Like you can get, you know, here are my bozo red clown dress pants or whatever, but you don't usually do that. But you, like people might just wear like red cords, bright yellow cords, whatever. I feel like you can do that more with those and you can do a lot of pants. Yeah, you can, you can like stretch a little. Um, I didn't. <laughs> hey, 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 hopefully uh, the green is getting somewhere. But the you, khaki, can, you I mean, can see rocking the green at a Christmas party, maybe. Oh, red top. Now you're talking. Yeah. Are you familiar with the, um, the phenomenon of Indiana senior chords? No, I don't know what this is. So apparently it's a tradition dating back to like the forties or something where high school seniors at high schools in Indiana, and it's the only place that this exists, would buy yellow corduroy pants or, or, or material and then make pants or skirts and then hand paint all kinds of, um, all kinds of things on there that like reference like their graduating class and are like, um, nostalgic for their class and, and related to the school or their hometown. And it, it, it's this cultural kind of like artifact and it ended up, it's, it started at a specific school and then ended up, um, spreading throughout like the state. It's less prominent than it was, um, like a couple decades ago, but it still exists. And apparently you can go like Indiana, like thrift stores and like find, you know, find pairs of like senior cords, like, um, and, uh, it's something I'd never heard of. And it's like, it feels very, um, I don't know, like very time capsule. It feels appropriate that it's Indiana, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, a little surprising. Um, and, uh, and those are all bright, like I said, bright yellow. So, you know, people will stretch the, stretch the cords for sure. So is this the kind of thing you've learned in your time on like cord message boards and cord subreddits and stuff like that? There's a podcast. Podcast uh, about chords. Yeah, we all about chords. A podcast chord episode of, about yeah, chord chat. This is it. You you listen. You're a time yeah. traveler, and you listen to this and found out about. This is an episode. This is an episode of chord chat. Um, chord anything good lately? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing corduroys right now. Navy blue corduroys. Hell yeah. I've been thinking about getting another pair, fourth pair. You know, if you get a fourth pair, you're going to go wild on that color? Maybe red. How about yellow? I heard so much about this yellow. Margaret used to own a pair of yellow corduroys a long time ago. So I feel like I was emulating my wife. Is, is, she, uh, is she in the cord game these days? Is she? What are her no. bets on cords? She's out. Yeah? She's shorting cords. <laughs> She's shorting cords. Completely. She is... Um, she's uh, Christian Bale... Wearing headphones, playing, uh, playing like air drums in her <laughs> office. She's all in on water and, and, and shorting cords. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm on the other side of that bet. I hesitate to even ask you, but I'm happy to proceed into the next portion of this segment. What's your favorite outfit? Are cords involved? No. 
Um, so been thinking about that like, as it comes up on episodes of the podcast. I don't have, uh, I don't have one thing that like I keep coming back to. Um, but then I, but then I, but I was thinking about it in, before I, I think it's my tuxedo. Tuxedo. Wow. Yeah. What an answer. So I own a tux. Like when, when Margaret and I got married, um, I bought a tuxedo and, uh, and have worn it a few times since, uh, and but lately a little more often we've been going to some galas and those types of events lately uh largely for work and you cannot be like how you feel in like full tux it's great it's like uh i heard i heard a tuxedo like a, a basic more or less like standard tuxedo described as like a looking good cheat code. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I think that's right. So tuxedo mine's, mine's like very, very dark blue. Uh, and I wear it with bow tie and suspenders, pocket square, whole deal. So I'm going with my tuxedo. I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I, that's like the top of the mountain for a reason. You put it on, and especially if it's yours, it's not some rental, and you're looking sloppy. But it's like your action; you know how to wear it. Now, do you, when like I, I don't have a lot of tuxedo experience, so I'm mostly going by like what I see on the big screen and stuff. You ever, you ever wear that tuxedo, and then you find you have extremely good fighting ability, and Jennifer Love Hewitt is hanging out with you? <laughs> no, but, Damn. uh, but. Martinis magically appear in my hand. Oh, I mean, might as well, yeah. right? That's no. yeah, and I can like totally tinker on on the piano keys. Yeah, uh, yep. So, you drinking a, a martini tonight? That's that's correct. Yes. And you're here to tell me favorite outfit, tuxedo. <laughs> you too fancy to be on sauce talk? No, yes, tell me. It, it kind of feels time. like you might fucking be. Maybe maybe I got maybe I gotta go get somebody else to be on this show. If you're gonna have Mister Martini Man, Tuxedo Man, come in here, tell me about living the good life. No, I mean I like to I like to uh, slum it too. Say you something know? shitty you like. <laughs> Sauce talk. Hell yeah! Okay, that works for me. Um, how many times have you had uh, fast? I've had fast food twice in the last seven days. Um. Does that strike you as a lot? What's that? Or not a lot? No, I believe I have had fast... I have had today... Okay, let me think. Today's Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. It's just before 9 p.m. I had Taco Bell the middle of last week, so I'm assuming it falls within the last week. But that's it for me. Yeah. Who are you two? Uh, Burger King and McDonald's. Uh, what are you getting at Burger King these days? Whopper. Yeah. Every time. I've had other stuff there, 
Um, and I may again, but I'm, I'm get, if I'm going to Burger King, I'm getting a Whopper. No, why? Why not long chicken sandwich? I do like the long chicken sandwich. Long, if I if I if I was going to eat meat and go to there, I'd get long chicken sandwich. I also like the long. They used to have a long fish sandwich. I don't think I ever got that. Which is also good. That sounds good. good. But I loved how like peppery and shitty that long chicken sandwich was. Yep. It's just that little, little ground up chicken, super pe- like almost gritty peppery, really good. <laughs> Do you remember Hardee's? Sure. They had a good fish sandwich, too. Yes. I, I liked the fish sandwich at Hardee's. It was really sure. good. Yeah. I also remember when I was... A, so, Hardee's is the famous restaurant, fast food restaurant, for going off the deep end in regards to, like, menu plot and deciding mm-hmm. that they could do everything. Uh, the roast beef, I really enjoyed as a kid. But especially, I remember like it being such a special treat when we would uh, be allowed to go. Like, I don't know what these circumstances would be, but it'd be we were out and about in a town that has fast food restaurants in the morning on the weekend, and we get that cinnamon roll from Hardee's. Oh yeah, that was amazing. That was we would go there after deal. church a lot. Yeah. Yep. The best. But again, it's just like the idea. Like you're not even. A cheeseburger from there is so far down the list of what you were concerned about at that point. Yeah. Which I'm sure makes it very difficult in terms of running restaurants and hiring employees and getting everybody on board. It's like, no, we make through, we are the cheesecake factory, but also we have everything done in one and a half minutes. Right. This is really weird. How are we a restaurant? Uh, Hardy's kiss ass. Or, former Hardy's. Now Hardy's is nothing like that anymore. Hardy's has, has basically no semblance with that. And now it's just cheeseburger place. Oh, really? I think so. I don't think they do all the crazy menu anymore. I haven't been there since probably college. Oh, yeah. it's. I can't imagine the last time I was there. But I, I my understanding is after the Carl's Jr. thing, they yeah. were like consolidating they're like it doesn't make any fucking sense to say you do all these different things you're going to calm it down as they calmed it down and i'm sure it's to somebody's benefit those wall street fat cats <laughs> drinking their martinis and eating their tuxedos i might have said that wrong uh michael it's time for our next segment on the podcast and it's one of the most important ones we're going to do tonight and I think it could be one of the most important ones we ever do in the history of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to need you to add a song to our playlist. And before we get into it, I just as a reminder, I'll just give you here are the last four songs added to the playlist. Baby Can I Hold You by Tracy Chapman. Bombs Over Baghdad by Outkast. Stay Down by Boy Genius. And All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Are you familiar with any or all of these songs? Uh, most of them. Yeah. Uh, pretty good songs. Good songs. Yeah. And so we understand that the, the premise here is very simple. You simply must not repeat any songs and you must not. And you must say that the song you add to the playlist is your favorite song you're adding to the playlist. So. Can I say something about Bob's over Baghdad? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so Margaret Margaret was on recently. She was on after Bill. And she said we were talking about her like I you know, did I, I told her I was very excited to find out what song she added to the playlist. I didn't want her to tell me, I didn't want to be spoiled, I was excited. It seemed like it seemed like it was getting tough, right? And mm-hmm. she agreed. And she said, "Wow, the John, the one, the song John added most recently was like really made me like second guess whether I had whether I should add anything." I was like, "John doesn't add songs." She's like, "Yeah, he does." I was like, "What are you talking about? I've listened to every episode. He doesn't add songs. Like the guests add songs." And we went like back and forth. Like A I was big like, fight, adamant. Yeah, um, screaming. What I realized was the second Bill said the word Sledgehammer, I stopped listening to the podcast <laughs> and went and listened to Sledgehammer uh, like 50 times in a row uh, and um, had to go back and finish the, and had not gone back and finished the podcast. Um, so then I went back with that hype, like, oh. John picked a really, really good song. And I was thinking, well, there's, there, okay, but he's, it's not going to live up to the hype. And in your like lead up, you said something about no shots here, but like you said something about, um, God only knows. And I was like, okay, it's going to be like a down the middle, you know, inarguable kind of pick. He's trying to shut this thing down, right? And then he said, bombs over Baghdad. And I was like, oh my God. And then I stopped listening to the podcast and went <laughs> listen to that like 50 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the best. Um, so, well done. Sorry to my wife for being wrong um, and arguing with her about it. Uh, and uh, good job to Bill too. And then good job to Margaret. And then good job to Gina. Then good job to you. I don't. I don't. I don't think I can. Add, I don't think I can add. So That's... the question is, right? Do you like anything better? Yeah, you have to give me a song that you say you like better than anything that's on the playlist. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 not a defeat. It's not a loss. I mean, the, the playlist exists in part so that it can end at some point. It's it's allowed we don't get mad at people unless they're mad when they put the song on the playlist that ends it i feel good about the choice the one thing i will admit and this um could conceivably like be a little bit um like outside the the purpose or the intent but like i think i think it's less if you took each of the songs in isolation I may be able to say, okay, here's a song I like better than that one, and then that one, and also that one, and also that one, and also that one, and also. But when you like have the playlist with two versions of "This Must Be the Place" with "Angel from Montgomery," um, with "Bombs Over Baghdad," with "Sledgehammer," and with like that, it's the it's. Those are some incredible songs. I'm not positive I like anything more than This Must Be The Place. I'm not positive I like anything more than Angel From Montgomery. But I definitely feel like 
I don't have anything to add to this playlist. I think that makes a lot of sense, and it gets to something that Matt Schmidt has plugged a lot, that there is a, we're clearly working on the name of the playlist is I like this better, and that's by definition a different thing than here are the best songs. That would be a silly thing to be like, Yep. Correct ranking of every song. Here we go. And th- I think when you describe it that way, it does bring out more of the idea of have we like encompassed the field and that it would be weird to say, I like this song better than all these other songs. Whereas if there was like, oh, we haven't gone in this direction, I'll just go in that direction. And I think that's why this playlist got so long is because we kind of diversified our, 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 our holdings here and we decided to look at different things. And so we kept adding songs. That's getting harder and harder to do. I will need a single confirmation from you that you would like to end this specific playlist. I would like to end this specific playlist. Okay, that's done. Would you like to start the next playlist? I would love to. Hell yeah. Uh, do you have a... S- now, now, clearly, the first song is just... I, 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 I'd prefer you not pick a song you don't like. But outside of that, uh, dealer's choice. So I'm 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 torn between two. Natalie um, Imbruglia torn. Got it. <laughs> but I'm gonna go Van Morrison, Tupelo Honey. Love it. Few uh, things going on with that one. Tell me. Number one, it's like the corduroy of songs. <laughs> Um, but it's got a fall. It's got a fall feel to it. I think. I think Van Morrison does generally. Um, two. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you are 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 were a fan of Robbie Robertson or the band. Um, but you know he died. He died recently, mm-hmm. and I'm a like a big, like a big fan of the band. Um. Little less so than a few years ago, but like just huge. And, um, he, there of when he died, and you know, he, 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 Martin Scorsese directed a concert film that they did in the 70s. And then he went on to do the music in a lot of Martin Scorsese's movies, like both helping him select the songs that were in it, like the, the needle drops or whatever they call them. Um, but then I think also working on, uh, if not totally composing the scores on some of them as well. Uh, and so when he at, so when, when Robbie Robertson died, like a couple months ago, there, a vi- there was a video online of him Martin Scorsese and some other people that I don't know, like in this, like, like late seventies, like clearly like at the end of the night, like four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, and Robbie Robertson turns on, on the video, he turns on a tape of Tupelo Honey. And then the video is like them sitting there, like probably like drugged out, like, you know, definitely they were both doing a lot of like coke at that time, like into the night kind of thing. But it's them sitting there listening to the dirt, like to the song. And it's just like their faces, like as the song plays. 
and it's um it's I, I, like it's you can just see it all like especially on Robbie Robertson's face like he was a big fan fan of Van Morrison um he apparently did this a lot like so after he died Martin Short says he wrote a um a kind of a eulogy for him in Rolling Stone and said like at that period, like they'd be like all over the world. Like, um, and he would always like in the night, like at six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning playing that song. And then, um, and then they'd head off somewhere else. And in fact, this video ends with one of the two of them saying, all right, we have to go pack our bags. Like, and, like, <laughs> you know, get on a plane, you know? Um, and, uh, I mean, it's just, so it's like, it's a, it's an incredible song. Um, and, but that video is like, there's so much going on in that, in that video. Uh, and so that's, that's my pick. It's an amazing pick. It's an amazing story behind it. I, I, I think you've gotten us off to a great start here. And I'm so excited to announce that I didn't tell you this. But going, I thought we should have a hook on the next playlist because the first two have been so open, we should probably narrow it down. And uh, I, I thought I'll just pick something that corresponds with Mike's song. I think our next playlist will entirely be songs released in the 1970s. Oh, that's good. And so that'll be fun. That'll be an exciting thing. So that'll be the only shift. Every, otherwise, all the rules continue to exist but uh all are uh, and i won't let everybody know as they come on but our songs are going to be from the 70s this time starting with our wonderful tupelo honey right here wonderful i've um been thinking for a while that like the funniest possible joke would be to spend like the entire year playing like on whether it's Apple Music or Spotify, one of Van Morrison's like anti lock COVID lockdown songs, <laughs> so that when they do your year end, uh, like that, <laughs> your number one song is like whatever stupid name of his stupid songs about like how the lockdown is like tyranny or whatever that he did with like Eric Clapton, you know, uh. I don't have the patience or the, like, um, I mean, let's face it. I got the woke mind virus. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not doing it. But uh, I think that would be, like, the funniest thing in the world. I think it's super funny. And I think you're even selling it short. Because imagine, like, you're posting it on your Instagram. And the first thing comes up and it says, you are in the point zero zero one percent top Van Morrison fans. <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, of course Mike Hoover is. What a cool guy. And then it comes up and it's the all, and the entire top five is, I should be allowed to kiss anyone on the street that I want and I won't ever wear a mask. And all these fucking garbage songs. You've clearly, Astral Weeks hasn't come in one fucking time. It's, I only like these. This is what's good to me. This box is so good. <laughs> Did he do songs before 2020? I have no idea. I love all the songs he put in this box for me. Wait, Van Morrison's a soul. So I know his work with Eric Clapton from the <laughs> early 2020s. 
this has got to stop or something like that. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't. I, I just. I know he did this. I don't. I yeah. couldn't tell you anything close to one of the songs, but yeah, I. I, I think that's a really strong idea. And I, I mean, I've seen people reference this on like social media, but it's like if you are one of those people who is concerned about this, I'm not because if you recall, I have recently had Ariana Grande songs on my fucking thing. On that Spotify thing. But if you're a person concerned about getting your Spotify year-end thing going, it's time. Right now. Like, you can seriously affect it. You could get this song. You're probably going to need a computer that you don't look at that is plugged in all the time. That is just playing these songs on repeat. But you could have that. That This dream is achievable for you. Yeah. It would be tough competition with all the Taylor Swift songs I have to listen to over and over and over again. It's going to need to get real clean Gene. right away, and then yeah. you're going to have to stop playing those other songs. You might need a second Spotify account. <laughs> it might be an unpopular choice in the household if you announce that. Actually, <laughs> if we listen to Spotify, that will screw up Daddy's funny joke. <laughs> so she's out until uh, December 2nd or whenever we're done having this thing for the year. Then we can go nuts again. Radio only in this household. That's pretty much just going to be all Taylor Swift, too, right? You'll be fine. I uh, mean, well, I make my kids listen to the classical station. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, they enjoy it. They should be so lucky. That's really good music. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's time for our next segment. Michael, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Um... I'm bringing sour cream to the table. Fuck yeah. I know... I know for a fact we've talked about Taco Tuesday before. I don't know if it's been one... That thing LeBron invented? <laughs> yes. Uh, it may have been twice, at least once. Uh, but as we... You know, I know we try to shy away from mentioning it, but it's Tuesday. As we're recording this... No, it's and, not the 24th, um, though, is it? It is, actually. Damn it. Okay. I didn't realize. About a little after 9.15 Central. And um, we were doing a good job of not editing. The listener must be thrilled. <laughs> to keep looking down at the timestamps. Like, they're, they're still going. It's still good. <laughs> uh, it was taco night in the Hubert Rogers household. And, oh, yeah. Um, like, I'll say there's a lot of things that make tacos good and then there's a lot of things that make tacos better uh there's nothing that makes me feel like i'm eating a taco bell taco supreme like putting some sour cream on a taco that's nice and that's just the best yeah hard shell taco it's just the best uh sour cream is amazing sour cream is like as a person who eats a upsetting amount of rice and beans, oh my God, is sour cream important to my lifestyle? And as, as you say, with a taco, it just it, it it brings everything together. And and what is what does a sauce ever hope to do, if not that? That's what we're asking of sauce. One of the best sauces you could ever imagine. Sour cream, I love it. Thank you. So one, so if I didn't have direct experience with this, I, I would think it w was weird. But let me get your reaction. So 
coming home, about to leave. Margaret says, "Hey, can you grab you know text? Can you stop by the store, grab a few things uh, for taco night? Can of black beans, right? Normal, not not crazy. Avocado, if they're ripe, we have big issues. Always a tough ask. Are we gonna? Yeah. Like, I can get avocados, but are they to eat tonight? You got to tell me because I might be better off not bringing any home. And they're never ripe, and they weren't tonight. Yeah. Um, so that was a bust." She says, sour cream or Greek yogurt. How does that sit with you? I wouldn't complain about it. I guess here's what it is. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, okay, sour cream. I'm going to bring sour cream home. Like, I understand that people see them as totally interchangeable. I if I if I just could not get sour cream, I'd be okay with Greek yogurt there. But if I can get sour cream, I always want it. Yeah, I definitely brought sour cream home, and I've had Greek yogurt on like on tacos, and it mm-hmm. does really taste similar. But like, if you had told me before I tried it, oh yeah, some people like confuse, or some people use them interchangeably. I would have said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That makes no sense. They're totally different. There's, like, nothing similar about them. Um, which is, it's just not, that's not right. <laughs> but I would have been insistent on that. I feel like at some point it is almost just a branding thing. And that Greek yogurt doesn't doesn't ring true in my head, and I know that I love sour cream in all these situations. Yeah. When I am, if I'm making like Indian food or something, and I have this, I always want the Greek yogurt there. I feel like it thickens the things more effectively without getting weird. But yeah. it's just when I'm and I'm, if I'm picturing myself getting a spoonful and throwing it in something, I want it to be sour cream absolutely every time. We um. Did well? Oh wait! Did Margaret talk about this Indian rest, Indian food diner we recently discovered? Hmm. Possibly. Uh. Well, I'll be quick, and there's there's more to say about it later. But we um. We've started going like on, uh, at like, as often as like wh- like almost every weekend, to this diner. Uh, in in our neighborhood, that is also an Indian restaurant. Um, and it's just the best. It's the best. Like you can get, they have a full suite of diner food. Um, which among other, th- which is great in and of itself, but among other things, it makes it easy to get stuff that the kids go for. But then they have like a full Indian restaurant menu. Um, and, uh, and so you go and you sit in like big diner booths and there's like a poster of like James Dean and Marilyn Monroe at the like, you know, soda hop of heaven over you. Eating paneer? And you're eating matar paneer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the bet. It's the bet. I don't, never would have thought of it. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but it's the best. I really like that idea. It is a common refrain of mine, especially living in Chicago, where uh, it, there's density and property values are high. 
I'm always like, it is anytime a business, like a bar, is only a bar, I hate that. You should be a coffee shop in the morning and a yep. bar at night. And then I don't even care if it's two different people running it and totally different work staffs. Maybe that's the way to do it. I don't care. But it's wasteful to be like, nope, this is a bar that closes that doesn't open until 5 p.m. And then this over here is a coffee shop that closes at 2 p.m. Stupid. But lots of places do that. So this take yep. is getting played out. Here's my new take. Every restaurant should be two restaurants. Just pick diner and Indian food. Be a Taco Bell and an Applebee's. Be two anything you want to be. Now, that said, I know we're, we're going to say we are familiar with the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Uh, that's not really the same thing. That's not the same thing. I, I want, I don't, so I, so I really should even retract my whatever I said in Taco Bell and Applebee's or whatever. I really would just like, I, and again, boy, the more I think about it, the worse this take is. That's also kind of the thing that happened on that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry was really nice to the guy who opened that restaurant. And he's like, it's so good. You have every kind of food. And everybody's like, you have every kind of food. You're, you're good at nothing. Yeah. So maybe that might be going too far. But perhaps. It also perhaps everything that uh, Gordon Ramsay tells people on Kitchen Nightmares. Um, I also just made fun of Hardee's for having every kind of food. <laughs> and so that's why they like almost went out of business. Uh, so I guess I think we're circling in on something, right? You got bars and you got diners. Like you don't need like that's the uh, superstructure or should be the superstructure of like of food and drink establishments in uh, just in the world. And then you should be required to just build on the bar or the restaurant to accommodate other or the diner to accommodate other things. So there should be like laws where it's like, oh, you have an idea where you have like a, a hyper local, hyper seasonal eatery where you like forage mushrooms and stuff. Okay. Get some booths, some final booths. Get some posters of, of like Elvis and Kurt Cobain hanging out at a pool table and then serve your food in that setting. Like that's, I think that's what the conclusion is. Like, oh, you want to have a coffee shop that opens at seven o'clock in the morning? Okay. Also sell Miller Lite, um, and make everybody sit in the line in the in chairs. Like, I think I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm taking from this. I think at the very least, every restaurant should that is fancy should have to pick one basic type of restaurant to also be. Yes. So, like, I love it. like, like if you're the fancy forage food thing, be a diner too. We got some flapjacks. We got some hash mm -hmm. browns, and then and by and then mix stuff up. Maybe you'll. Pour that uh, fancy mushroom soup over the hash browns. I bet that would have been fucking good. That sounds amazing. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe instead you're a different place, and then we put a falafel shop in right there. And now you don't got to add something fancy, but like we have a we have, we have a bunch of concrete examples of small, efficient restaurants we know work. Add one of them to your restaurant. Yep. 
And then both, that way people can come in and just do that side part. And then kids won't love it. You can always be like, well, you just you just have a little gyro there. They eat the gyro and mom and dad have all their fancy stuff. That's cool. Or uh, whatever other combination of like figuring out how to use the, the hash browns and the other fancy thing. Right. This is better for everybody. And it's all free. <laughs> a big improvement. Man, think how good that would be. Yeah. You don't want to be the 40-year-old guy who's, like, complaining about, like, restaurants these days. But, like, I do – you do go out and, like, you feel like – or I, I'll say that I often find myself feeling like I really, really wish that the people that manage and work at this establishment would just go spend some time eating out <laughs> and see, like, that – this thing that they're doing doesn't have to be this complicated mm-hmm. or this stupid or whatever the case, right? Like not the best example, but like to pick, to, to give a concrete example before we went out to dinner on Friday, we got a drink at a bar, a co- like a, a restaurant and bar, like a couple doors down from where we had our reservations we like checked in with the hostess and said, Oh, you know, we just want to grab a drink. She said, Well, all the bar stools are full. Um, and so it's going to be a bit of a wait. It turned out not, it turned out that somebody had just left. It wasn't updated. So it wasn't, it was fine. But like, like for literally hundreds of years, people have just been walking right up to the bar and like ordering drinks. Like, and, and, but they have a system now and there's like, it's, you know, and it's like, if you went out from time to time, like you would not make me do this, you know? And I just, I, I get like, I, I, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. So I think what you've done here is invented trying to be Anthony Bourdain because this is the most Anthony Bourdain take of like, are you going to restaurants? Do you like it when this happens to you? Then why are you doing it at your restaurant? Because I mean that's exactly what that is. It's like yeah, this is this is deeply unpleasant. Now it could be maybe it's not your fault. Maybe you run the restaurant and you're here six days a week and you have one day to recover and you sure as fuck don't go to restaurants on right. that day. But it's like goddamn, are you looking around at all? Do you like being told you can't sit at the open seats at the bar or the bar because the computer said not to let anyone sit at the open seat at the bar? That sucks. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I remember we went to a bar and there were all these tables. There was nobody in the bar. And they said, oh, you can't sit at the tables uh, because there's only a bartender. I was like, yeah, but what are the drinks and like walk to the bar you know margaret was at a bar last week and um they kept having like pete like they were slammed they were busy and then they kept having people come out from behind the bar to go wait on the tables it's like we'll just have them go to the bar you know like not that it's not hard it's very 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 hard to, to run a restaurant but you just like I don't know. I feel like post COVID, everybody kind of forgot how it worked a little bit. And now they're like all putting it back together. 
and they're not always like putting it back together in a way that like it's like a it's like a little bit of a Frankenstein's monster sort of thing sometimes. There is a lot of stuff like that that I think is happening. That way you've described it as after COVID, things got dismantled. We're trying to put it back together. We're not doing a good job. I have a couple of times been to places where I walk into a restaurant and there's tons of open tables, but they're like, you know, we're we're getting a bunch of people coming in at once. They're like, we can't slam the kitchen. We can't just seat the entire restaurant at the same time. And then tell the kitchen, bad news, every fucking table we have just ordered stuff at the same time. So we have to start, we have to start rejecting people. And I'm like, that's crazy. The, boy, let me tell you, you know who's cool? Me. If you tell me I got to sit at a table and just order drinks for half an hour and you're not even going to give me a menu, that's better. And, and, yeah. and, you, and certainly you got to say something. But like I would take if if you told me that has to happen every time I go out to dinner, I would take it every time I go out to dinner. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would, and I'm sure the restaurant would come out ahead with that deal. But like I, I and I, I 100% understand that like we cannot seat every table at the same time and all order at the same time. But the answer is not tell me to fuck off and come back in an hour and see what happens. The answer is like you want to just sit there and order drinks until we tell you you might consider ordering yeah. food. I would always do it. 100% of the times Margaret and I go out to dinner, we hope our table's not ready so we can sit at the bar and have a drink. Yep. And then they'll come get us. Like, it never happens, but it's like, that's like what we hope 100% of the time. And then you, and then, so you do that, and then you go sit. And then they say, oh, I just got slammed. Uh, bear with us. Let me, let me get you something to drink while you wait. Then, Take your time on the drink order. You bring the drink order. Sorry, we're slammed. Like I said, then they drink. They drink for a while. Then you put in an appetizer. Hey, like, let me just, you know, let me get you something to the table. Like any of that, you know. And then the whole time you're apologizing in the kitchen, right? Because I, you can't control mm -hmm. like when these people come in. And then, oh, all of a sudden you're through it, like. It's, cra it's crazy. Give me an opportunity to prove how cool I am and show you that I want the thing you think I yeah. you are so sure I don't right. want. Now, right. this is not a thing you can ask, but it did happen to me, and it shows my commitment to this. Uh, recently, Gina and I were out, and uh, we were at like a bar, and we were like, let's get some takeout food to go home. And then, so I got on the restaurant's website, taco place in the neighborhood and i was like hey i'm coming to pick up tacos at your place soon be ready and they said okay we're gonna make those tacos for you and then it was raining and i didn't we didn't i i think gina knew it was gonna rain so she had an umbrella i didn't have an umbrella and so she's like i'm gonna peel off and go into this target and buy another umbrella you go over you take the umbrella and go over there and get the the food and i went over there and then they were like I had nothing set up as far as like takeout orders. And I walked in and I was like, I got a takeout for me. My name's Johnny. And they're like, uh, go talk to the bartender. And I went and talked to the bartender and he was like, okay. And he went in the back and he was like, we don't have any orders at all. Something broke in our system, but they're going to make it for you now. You want a drink on the house? 
And it was just like, like honestly, if you would, if you had just said you want to buy a drink, I would have been pretty happy. Totally. I'd be like, yeah. I, yeah. And, and instead, I got it for free. I was like, make me a Paloma. And he brought yeah. me a Paloma. And I sat there and literally, I drank. 85% of it, and then a big dude in the back came out with a bag and said, are you Johnny? I said, yeah, and I downed the rest of my Paloma, and I grabbed the bag, and I'm like, the fact that it was free, bonus, but if it hadn't been free, yep. all great. A hundred percent of the times, feel free I go to pick up this carry out for our family. I hope it's not ready. Yeah, so great. So I can sit at the bar. There like, was dudes yes. yelling at the. Was, I think it was a Thursday night. There's dudes yelling at the football game next to me. There was this lady with headphones on eating a giant thing of nachos by yourself. I'm just having a good, like, drinking my Paloma, looking around, having fun. I, I should be so lucky as to get yeah. to sit there and buy that instead of just, hey, here's your food, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fine, fine by me. So, uh, so I do have to, like, th- 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 like, throw in one more, like, crotchety old man thing. Do it. Went to a coffee shop uh, this summer. Have not been back since for reasons Uh-oh. that will be Uh-oh. Um, uh, obvious in a second. Go up uh, to order. You know, can I just have like a coffee with cream? Because um, now you have to ask for cream because like some places they have cream. Some places they put the cream in for you now like because of COVID or something. So Leave room know. for cream. You ever say that? Yeah, but then they're like, oh, well, actually we put it in for you. So. Um, some places not, but anyway, coffee with cream to go. And they said, okay, well, just so you know, uh, and like in order to be a more sustainable coffee shop, we, um, don't provide lids on go cups. <laughs> we will sell you like a used <laughs> What's all you used condom you can put over the whole top and poke a hole in to drink through? What? I said used condom to put over the whole top and you can poke a hole in to drink through. We actually will give you a used condom for free. Um, in the, in the, the Guess how it gets available. used. Yeah. Um, so they would they would have sold me like a like vintage store bought like travel mug. That I could have had my coffee in. Or, but if I'm getting it in a to-go cup, they're not giving me a lid. Did they give you a price on that vintage mug? Three three bucks. Okay. Not, which is but fine. Again, there's, there's still no lid on that mug? Like, what kind of mug uh, is it? Is it like, a, is, it a to, is it a vintage to-go No, 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 hold on. So, they'll give me a paper cup. Like, a tr- like you walk in, you get a coffee right. to go yeah. big thing. Assuming we but they're not giving that. you a lid on that thing. You do not get, no matter what, you're not walking out of there with a lid on that cup. You you can't, you go, you say, oh, okay, well, that, I don't like that. I will buy a travel mug from you. You're getting a lid. It's just, it's a functional travel mug. Okay. I don't know where you're going, but I will say so far, if they will sell you that for $3, I think this is really good. Plus like the that. price of the coffee. Well, yeah, I, I, $3 and then your coffee's free would be a pretty bad business model. I mean, I'm not going anywhere with it. I hate it. I'm not, I like, I'm never going back there. That's where I'm not going with this. I think, I think this vintage travel mug could be cool. I think, 
I would have, I know for a fact, if they had said, hey, by the way, we do have this, like, all these mugs, like, you can do, I would have been like, oh, that's cool. I probably still wouldn't have done it, but I would have been like, oh, that's cool. So what do you think that part of the story accomplishes? So if they hadn't, if they had offered you this to buy, you would have said no and demanded the lid anyway. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's they... why they don't do that. Yeah, but what does it get to not give me a lid? Then I like walk out of there. I'm st- I'm not getting. You immediately I... pour the coffee down the front of your tuxedo. <laughs> and then my bow tie started spitting around. Wee, 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 I was wee, wee. so angry. <laughs> your cord hat falls right off your head. <laughs> Well, that's fine. It's fine if you're not sympathetic with that one. No, I no, I I I one thousand percent. I know that most people will disagree with me. I think that, especially if they've got a deal. Now, here's the other thing: Can you bring the tra- the vintage travel mug back next time and they'll fill it up? They didn't have any. They, there was no mention of like a refill deal. Now there there could be some like health department slash cleanliness issues there, and if that's the case, I'm less enthusiastic. Yeah. But to me, the idea of them trying to get you on board with, we are a place where you should bring a cup, and we'll give you a potentially really cool cup that we bought at Goodwill. And ran through our dishwasher, which goes to 3,000 degrees, and it's so clean and good now. I, I, I would be excited about that. But also, I imagine me telling this story to Gina and her saying, exactly, like, well, no, I'm with Mike. I'm never going to this fucking place again. And also, I don't drink any coffee, so maybe I'm not a good person to ask about this. <laughs> but I, it, it sounds fun. You didn't think it was fun, though. No, I didn't think it was fun. Okay, so I thought it was annoying. You just you probably go to like lids. You you go to lids at the mall and be like, "Give me that coffee," and they always got it for you. <laughs> I, all my coffee, even you, even drinking out like, of like a Phillies hat right now. That's right. They um, they, it's like those little like plastic uh, <laughs> baseball hats that do you eat the ice cream out of at the baseball game. <laughs> you got like an espresso in there, you're just sipping it. It's a thousand degrees. Yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Actually, mm-hmm. sounds really good. Uh, Mike, we have time for just one final. And I thing. only drink my wine out of California team based plastic baseball hats. You, you prefer the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. If it says that, then you know you're ready to to drink some crisp whites. That's right, and some full bodied caps. Full bodied caps. Must it, it must be nice. You know, I almost, uh, I actually purchased two things at the store today. I'm not, I'm not doing, don't think you're going to double time me here. But you know how I got this uh, Fanta zero sugar question mark what the Fanta bullshit? Yes. Uh, which, by the way, I am still drinking. Cheers. Uh, I got two things at the store today. And the other one was a can of wine. Oh, really? Yeah. And have you tried it? I haven't tried it because I it, it is uh, I can do this. Black Girl Magic, sparkling red. I've heard Black Girl Magic is really good. I see exactly. I also and it was on sale at Target for six dollars a can. Oh, there you go. Marked you know I think it was six ninety nine marked down from eight ninety nine if I remember correctly. 
But I texted Gina right after I bought it and said, which one of these should I drink on the podcast? And Gina was like, get that fucking Fanta out of the fridge. <laughs> and so that's the one I'm drinking with you tonight, unfortunately. So a couple. So how much was the the wine? I want to say it was. It, it's a 12 ounce can, which you can. I you're gonna have to do the math for me on that to figure out how many glasses or whatever. But it was six dollars and ninety nine cents. Six ninety nine. Yeah. And then you said earlier that the Fanta was a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, but no booze in the Fanta. So when you it's, said, it's very unlike the blender to me. So so when you said on the last podcast that you did not know how much the can of Manhattan was, was that like out of the ordinary? I didn't know I was on fucking Maury now. And that was a lie. Uh, <laughs> now, that, the, the difference is I don't think they even – I bought that stuff at like a very small city grocery store. And it was, I don't think there were even prices on the thing. And he was ringing me up, and I just grabbed one and said, I will have this too. And I threw it down, and then he was like, you want a receipt? And I said, no, and I left. So I still don't fucking know how much that was. But in okay. like, I had, boy, oh, boy, I hope I didn't break the budget for this month. I don't know. It wasn't very good. Um, but so I, I, I generally, like here today, I, I, I bought this other wine. Because it was it was they had a big sales tag on two dollars off, two dollar off wine, wow. pretty good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I'll let you know how it is. Yeah, please do. Do a pot about it. The hits just keep on coming here at the Johnny Touchdowns Podcast Network, and the one we're most excited for remains that big juicy Halloween movie episode on uh, Pat's Fancy Fun. I understand we've got it. That's right. We've got, we've got, we've got a, a new ad read from Pat that is better this time. Roll that beautiful ad footage. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. Do you like thrills? <laughs> Chills? Hi, I'm Patrick Polk. If you're like me and you like getting into the mood for Halloween by watching a bunch of scary movies, then have I got the podcast for you. That's right, it's time for the annual fancy podcast Halloween Movie Spectacular. Listen in as myself, Patrick Polk, and special guests like Johnny Touchdowns himself, John Rhodes, discuss a whole raft of spooky movies ranging in intensity from Skinnamarink and Evil Dead Rise to Little Shop of Horrors and The Craft. Wusses are welcome! So watch out for the fancy Halloween movie special coming to the podcast service of your choice on probably October 30th or 31st. It is an honor and a privilege to be part of the Johnny Touchdowns podcast network. Well now, what a difference a week makes. Thank you so much, Pat. That, that sounds so much better well, I just I, I think you really nailed it this time. It is so nice to work with someone who can take direction. It, it makes all the difference in the world. And don't even worry. I know not everybody's got like the fancy setup and the editing know-how, ability, natural talent that I do. So, some of that sounded goofy, but I, it's just fine. Don't you worry about it. You did a great job, buddy. I'll see you on the internet.
we've got time for just one final main segment. And I'd like to briefly talk about YouTube videos we return to frequently. Now, uh, I know this might sound like a daunting subject, so please let me know. I, I informed Mike of this uh, topic in advance. I'm not asking him to think of something off the top of his head. Uh, do, 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 do you have anything that uh, you think would apply to this? Oh, I mean, there, there's so many. Uh, there's no YouTube video I return to more frequently than, than the Home Depot bomb scare video. Have you seen this? I'm not. I, I thought you were going to say the Home Depot thing, theme song for 10 hours. Doom. Doom. No, I'm not familiar with the Home Depot bomb scare video. Please tell me all about it. Well, to describe it would kind of spoil it. Um, it it's it, it like it's a news bloop. It's like a news bloop. It's it broadly broadly defined fits into the news blooper category of YouTube videos, which is like as just probably the best category Absolutely. of YouTube videos that there that there is. Um, my friend John showed me one like. Uh, where this guy, this reporter was like doing, uh, some kind of like, uh, he was like walking through a field and trying to do like, um, trying to record his spot and then like got caught short and like started coughing. He's like talking and then he started like complaining about how fucking bee was flying into his mouth and like he's in some, some horrible like shithole place and fucking and then he and then he like interrupts us like, pollen. It's just the best. <laughs> just, he's like, you know, like reading out all these things that he hates about this like country ass place. And in fact, I think he uses the term country ass. No. And just, uh, is 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 the news reporter black in this video? Yes. I think I have seen this one. Yeah. It's great. He, he gets um, so mad. He's like, "Why the fuck am I out here? What are we yeah. doing?" Yeah. Okay, that kicks ass. Um, so, you know, could watch news bloopers con- like nonstop. The, uh, uh, <laughs> the Mount Everest one. Remember that one? Yes. Uh, you know, coming up, a story about a man who climbed Mount Everest, but he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I mean, he was blind. <laughs> um, but this, so this one is, uh, I mean, I don't even know when it's from. Like they're all like they're all like you know frozen in time. It could be like the '80s or it could be like last year. Um, and it it was it's a news story on like on the local evening news about police responding to um like a bomb threat at a local Home Depot. Um, and uh, like it's just. The, it's the funniest thing you ever saw. I mean, should I spoil it? I know. I I kind of like the idea of leaving this open enough that the listener who is not already familiar could... You know what? We'll have the links in the description for the episode. Yeah. 
And so if, if you want to say if just general themes, but I, I would say don't, don't, don't fall on spoiler if there's anything else you want to add. Okay. No, then I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. I'm going to do, uh, for mine, something pretty similar. I, I, I know you're familiar with this. I, in fact, again, I believe you may be the person who turned me on to it first. But mine is uh, a clip from uh, The Best Show where Tom Sharpling and Paul F. Tompkins watch a promo video for The <laughs> Gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, the video, the, f- the, f- the full one you find, I think that we'll link on YouTube, is like 40 minutes, which is crazy. But it's very much, it's like a thing a fan put together. It's like the first 20 minutes are really the thing. And then there's like 20 minutes of calls where like people are calling in and might be skippable. But there's some, act- there's some really <laughs> good stuff in there. But like the first 20 minutes is pure fucking gold. Them just going through this video, uh, it builds and builds and builds. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil everything, but I would say that I frequently in my day to day life, when presented opportunities, even if it, opportunities with people who I know will not recognize what I'm saying, I am always excited to shout. Helicopter rides. <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter rides, and that guy's voice is so good, and then everything they say about it thereafter is, is just my favorite thing. Um, and then Now, I, guess- I don't know if it's – is it – I don't even know if it's still on YouTube, but there is – there's another best show on um, that's like a good uh, – it's like a good um, – like – counterpoint to the um to the uh the one you were just talking about because it's one where the callers are not the weak part so um so so tom is saying he's like ben uh like on a vacation recently or was like driving and he saw like the best thing he ever saw which was that like a family of geese was like crossing a road and they had like traffic stopped. And he's like, you know, it's one of the best things. He's like, in fact, like, let's just do this. Like, let's rank everything. We're going to do the order of everything. And so he's taking calls um, for people submitting things to be considered in the total ranking of everything. Um, and so baby geese crossing the road is really high up there. Um, camping with like your son is, is, is high up there until it's like challenged. And then like, he like takes it all the way down. Um, black jeans and are, are like, and, and, and blue jeans are like right in the middle. Like, um, and then the one that like sticks with me and like, I don't remember exactly where it lands, but it's really, really, really good is, um, a dog sitting in the front seat of a car of, of a parked car looking like it's about to drive that car. It's like <laughs> way high on the ranking of the, the order of literally everything. Um, and the whole thing is like an hour, maybe even longer. And it like has a, it has like a, kind of a beginning, a middle, and an end. It has a cadence to it. 
Um, and it's like one of the most, I've, I like go back and listen to it all the time. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Um, like the callers actually like make like really good, um, additions. And, uh, I, it's, it's, it's so good. It's so, it's so funny. And somehow like really like, like life affirming. Do you, so I, I think I've only done this once or this one once or twice, but I, it, it's fantastic. But I've always wondered, do you know, like this has become like a old standby for Tom Sharpling in general. Is this the origin of insane lists that are impossible to defend? I don't know. That's a great question. Because he does the, even even on like Double Threat now. They yeah. recently did a list of like the top fifty cucks of all time, and <laughs> half of them make sense, and half of them are complete nonsense. And they get mad at the suggestions for being too on the nose. They're like it's really more cuck vibes than actually getting cucked, so we're not using less. It's so fucking funny, but it's it, it's it's like like that's like he lo- like they clearly on both of his shows love doing less. Yeah. But I'm like maybe I mean this is such a general one and it sounds like it started from such a a place of like a person just telling you about a thing they saw. It would make sense that this yeah, is where that be. concept began. Yeah. It could be. It's like um you know, he recently did on the best show like the top 50 wads of all time, mm-hmm. which was like really funny. Um I I don't know if that's the origin, but like it has def it's definitely something that they've leaned into. And he does it like really well. Um and like he knows how to like make you look at the list and be like, Oh, are you fucking kidding me? People but then there's mad. like a, but then there's some Half other Half of it is th- just trolling people online who yes. do not know what the show is at this point. Right. Like, wanting them wonderful. to see the list and be like, You think the best acting performance of all time is yeah. Daniel Stern and Home Alone? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> or like Ferris Bueller is really high up on the, the 50 watts, you know, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. but it makes so many people so it's, bad. There's always, there's always like stuff at the top and bottom that like can make you, there's like, it's four quadrant getting people mad. Yep. And whether you love this thing or hate this thing or whatever it is, you can find something to be like, this is a fucking bull. It's like, yeah, you getting mad is exactly what I'm looking for here. Great job. So good. Uh, you, you know what else is a good YouTube video? What's that? Um, the one where George Brett describes shitting his pants. <laughs> <laughs> now, th- this is a uh, it's a video from Kansas City Royal Spring Training, if I remember yep. correctly. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And it's exactly what you describe. He is. I I, I want to say he's talking to like a rookie or something on the team. Yep. And the guy just can't go away. <laughs> Let he's me like, get away, George. <laughs> They're stretching. They're like they're stretching yeah, yeah. what like you it seems like they're stretching like somewhere like in the infield or like maybe around like you know, second base. Mm-hmm. And I wanna say um, they're just barely in the outfield, yeah. Like out, yeah. right out behind second base. And he's like and he like kinda sidles up to this guy and he's like, Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> shit in my pants last night. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy, and you can see the kid, he's like, what? You know, like, he's like, what? Like, he doesn't, you know, he's like kind of laughing, but he's like, doesn't really know what to make of it. And then George Rett tells like a five minute long, like super funny story about going out to dinner and shitting his pants. Have, Have we ever talked about this before? 
I don't think so. This is the weird sauce talk connection. Barely a sauce talk connection. But person I and perhaps even you know from the state of Kansas, name of Josh Masoni, swore to me that his buddy worked at like the local NBC station or whatever in like 2000 or 2005 and found that video in archival footage and was the guy who uploaded it to YouTube and Whoa. lost his job over it. Whoa! So the so and, and again, like I mentioned this video because he, he Josh was a Kansas City Royals fan, and like this video, like I think it had been around for a few years before, but I first saw it when I was in law school, and then I and so he was like, oh, I, I love the Royals and George Brett and stuff, and I was like, oh, have you seen this? And he was like. My buddy found that and put it on the internet, and they figured out it was him, and he got fired. Wow. Super I, like, weird. I don't know. I mean, this is embarrassing. I don't know that it ever occurred to me that there was, like, a person behind Exactly. You have to think about it. Like, videos. this is... It's not like George Brett made this video. Right? <laughs> like, like there is clearly... A, it's clearly, like, a understanding among the people who play and the people who cover the team that we don't just like, especially if this was recorded, it's got to be like what, 1983 or something. Yeah. You're not like, Oh yeah, let's just put that on the news tonight. George Brett is making fun of a guy talking about how he shit his pants. Uh, of course he was presumed that would never be seen again, but the people at whatever news station this was, it clearly was something they kept and shared because they all thought it was funny. You don't throw that footage out, but also like we're not going to show it. But then one day YouTube exists. And so I, I think I said 2000 or 2003 before that. It certainly was too early because of when two, yeah. YouTube exists. But it was probably like 2005 or 2006 or whatever. Josh was like, my buddy saw this, said this has to be seen by the world, was like an intern there. They figured out it was him immediately, and he got <laughs> fucking fired. And so we wow. hands up for that fucking guy. Thanks, buddy. We love you. It, it, George Brett was like he, he was he like a really good baseball player. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Hall, so like, like easy Hall of Famer. It's just funny because, and I'm not like the most plugged in, but like I know two things about George Brett. I know that pints are a game, and shit, and he shit his pants. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be the second one. <laughs> I think I think at this point it is it is still diminishing his career. But Pine Tar Game and won a batting title in three different decades are the oh, things he's that. most known yeah. for now. Yeah. Right. But again, like that's honestly, uh, neither of those do him credit. He was, he was a legit Hall of Famer, even if neither of those things had happened. Uh, it, it just, just an, like you talk, talk about a pure hitter, but not like a pure hitter like Tony Gwynn who can't really hit for power. Like, he he could hit for average, hit for power, draw walks, do everything. Yeah, mediocre third baseman. But you can be a mediocre third baseman, do all those other things. Right. Yeah. But uh, hey, if you want to limit your career to two cool fucking things, pine tar game and shit my pants video, pretty fucking good, huh? I mean, a lot of swagger. You know? Yeah. I don't know that anyone's ever sounded cooler and more confident describing shit in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you know, so give it, give that to him. Uh, I think this is going to be as far as listener, not engagement, but like excitement about the show notes. Oh my God. I'm going to put all these fucking videos in there. <laughs> if you're listening to this, what a great afternoon you've got ahead of you. You know, I would strongly consider after you, when you hear this, call in sick. And the next day, you just wipe through all these fucking videos. Watch them all. <laughs> you should be so lucky. Do it. Uh, Mike, we've got time for just one final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah. So, again, a few things. been thinking about a few things here. Um, I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, so, there's a version of uh, Neil Young's. So, I'm plugging a Neil Young song called Journey Through the Past. Okay. But in Sauce Talk spirit, um, or maybe just in the spirit of my household, uh, I'm going to name a specific version, which is um, uh, the version that he uses in um, Inherent Vice. So remember in Inherent Vice, when you've seen that movie. Of oh, yeah. Right, yeah. When he is reminiscing well the 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 narrator is describing Joaquin Phoenix remembering a day spent with the girl he's looking for and then it rains mm -hmm. yep. and they run out they like that's the song that plays and the like comes in uh like like it's a, such a light song but it like lands like 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 with so much impact and so was such a weird movie that's like hard to find a foothold in. It's so moving. Um, uh, like, so, so that's my song. Uh, and I, I listen, I just like listen to it over and over again. And I never heard that version before, uh, like until I saw the movie. I was like, I'd heard other versions. He does it. Um, there's this, like an album that he released that was supposed to be like a soundtrack to a movie with that called that. And there's a version from there. And there was like a, a, there were a couple really good live versions that came out on like archival things that he released in like around the time we were in law school, but I'd never heard that version. And it's, it's so good. And I'm, and it sounds like harvest. Like it sounds, it sounds, I think it was recorded by the same band. So it's like that, Lightning in a Bottle, like Neil Young album. Not that his other stuff sounds like, <laughs> like re totally different, you know, but, um, nothing sounds better than Harvest, right? And like, I think, so he's got this great song and this great version that sounds like his best album. And, um, that's, that's what I'm plugging. And so if somebody wanted to pull this up, what would be the best way to find this? Exact the easiest version? way to do it is, uh, to go to the Inherent Vice soundtrack. Inherent Vice soundtrack version. And yeah. this will this will be the one there. Okay, nice. Yeah. Sounds really good. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. This was great. Best wishes in the intervening day.